Welcome to the Force Matters podcast, powered by Motusi. I'm J.D. Romick. And I'm Jonathan Ang. We're here to have disruptive, inclusive, and informative dialogue at the intersection of technology, research, and clinical practice. Our promise to sort through the BS so you don't have to. Our focus is what matters to your musculoskeletal health. So welcome back, everyone, to the Force Matters podcast. Uh, I'm JD. I'm John Eng. And today we have two incredible guests. So you all know Dr. Jason Manalili. He was a uh, physical therapist on one of our more recent podcasts. So if you haven't listened to that, please go back and check it out. He's also the co-founder of Mankind Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine in Irvine, California. And today we have on one of his former clients as well, Grandmaster Horian Gracie. He is a prominent member of the Gracie family, a writer, publisher, producer, lawyer, and lecturer, as well as a co-founder of the UFC here in the United States. He's the oldest son of Helio Gracie and one of very few people in the world to hold a ninth degree red belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and is largely responsible for its spread into the United States and dare I say it, the world? I think so. So welcome, gentlemen. We are so honored to have both of you on here and want to know how were the two of you introduced? Jason, want to start? Yeah, obviously without breaking too much, uh, too many HIPAA rules and, you know, with the audio right in front of us, uh, there are a few orthopedic issues that he presented with and, you know, being being the fighter and the athlete that Horion is, he waited about 70 years before he brought all of this stuff into the clinic, right? A lot of this, uh, this, these orthopedic issues that he grew up with from, you know, uh, infancy through uh, childhood and teenage years, and obviously traveling out to, to the United States just kind of built up. And, um, you know, his, his own investigative personality was able to identify things that made him feel better along the way. And it got to the point where he cranked on his shoulders throughout jujitsu so much that he needed some extra help uh, and some hands on, on his shoulders. So that's, that was our introduction uh, back in our, uh, our South Bay. So Manhattan beach of red beach cities orthopedics. Um, that's right. Uh, JD, you mentioned that I am a former uh, client of uh, Jason. Once you work with Jason, you're never a former client. <laughs> you're, you're hooked for life, you know. The guy's the best one. So I just want to correct that a little bit. And it's been very helpful. He worked with me. Always an amazing experience. Made me feel a lot better. And uh, I wish he was closer so I could be with him more often. But, you know, friendship keeps us together forever. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So how did you find Jason's clinic? Was it um, a place that you were living at the time? Was it the, the clinic that you heard about? How did you, how did you come to find his practice? Well, I've, you know, I think I've had a, a, like a knee surgery or something like that, if I'm not mistaken, with the doctor that ran the clinic. And after that, he recommended physical therapy. And I started with my knee first. And then as we you know, got to know each other, he started fixing everything on my body, from the neck and the knees and the shoulders and everything. So it's just, uh, I became kind of a, a member of the club, you know, just to kind of be able to hang out with him as much as possible yes. and be treated by Jason. So, Well, that's amazing. So um, as I alluded to kind of in our intros and when we were talking, you have various platforms and you tell so many incredible stories. I will link all of your locations that people can find you because um, you cover so many amazing, beautiful stories. And I'm drawn to your wisdom and your mindset. Um, I wanted you to get to share an experience maybe that you haven't documented heavily, what, like your experience with Jason, uh, because many people I think will benefit from that wisdom uh, because all of us go through life and get an injury. So can you tell us why you sought out physical therapy? I mean, obviously your, your doctor recommended you, but being a master of your body from mm-hmm. such a young age, why did you not think I can handle this myself? because I know my body, I know exercise. Um, why did you seek out help? Um, because I've made the mistake of thinking that I could fix it myself in the past, you know, um, which it's not the right way to go. I mean, there's people that are black belts on their subjects, and Jason is a black belt on physiotherapy, <laughs> physical therapy, so he knows what he's doing. I, I think that I know, but when you go talk to someone who really knows what's going on, he can put you on the right path, and. Do it the right way and just orient you. Sometimes you don't 
you know, because it's not my specialty, I'm just the, the receiving end of the process. I think that you know, I'm not quite sure, but the more I get to know him, the more confident I am on his method and how to treat people. And it's been a ex- you know, very positive experience. Every time I see him and this works with me, it's, it's always a very beneficial uh, turnout for my body and I feel better every time. So it's, it's a great, there's no, you know, I know a lot about jujitsu, but when it comes to fixing the body, it's not my specialty, you know. Maybe tweaking someone I could, but <laughs> <laughs> wow. but then I'll have to send him to be treated by Jason anyways. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. Jason, was it intimidating at all having someone as prolific and as uh, much of a master of his craft and grandmaster, I guess I should say, come into your clinic and, you know, having this large background were you intimidated at all of you know how am i going to get through to this guy did you have any preconceived notions absolutely um so when he first came into the clinic obviously i do my research right and uh anytime someone comes onto the clinic i have to see okay where was what is their background and uh and then at the same time there are some people that have the same name you know some people that come across like I, you know i had um you know very famous rapper's name and in comes somebody that's the the complete opposite profile right and it's like okay yeah. so i you know i didn't have to do as much preparation for the session as i thought uh, and then when hodan came in again when you talk to him, very humble, um, you know, and I tried to get it out of him to make sure that we were on the same page, you know, what do you do for work? And, you know, very, it was very, uh, you know, I, I remember his introduction was, oh, I'm a, uh, I'm a teacher. And I was like, okay, you know, what do you teach? And then he went into, um, you know, what we are currently working on, or what he's currently working on the most, which is the Gracie diet and, you know, how, you know, he teaches nutrition, teaches nutrition and I just needed to double confirm. And that's when I started to get into, oh, did, did you ever do any type of martial arts throughout your life? And um, so it ended up falling into the conversation where we found out who he was uh, and the confirmation came in. Um, as far as intimidation, um, you know, Orion comes in very personable, um, you know, to, to be a good teacher, you have to be an incredible student. Um, so anytime he came in, he would ask questions uh, upon questions and you know uh, uh, and the cool thing about it is he allowed us to do research together if there was something that wasn't necessarily um something that we specialized in as far as as far as some certain situations some things he knew a lot more than i did and i would have to go on the back end and research and then come back to our next session with a little bit more information on uh you know how nutrition might have an influence on healing times and we started to get into the details of you know extracellular matrices and how they have an effect on, on cartilage and um and he was very interested in learning all of that which is why we had to go on on the back end and then um, obviously some things came naturally uh, you know your, your hands and um and working on the shoulder while you're having a conversation is a, is a whole different dynamic so we had to rely on uh, you know having some relatively quiet hands with uh with a good conversation with Odeon every session yeah, I'm. I'm curious. You know, you bring up this idea of 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 teacher, right? And and you both, in your own rights, are teachers, right? You know, we do that every day in the clinic. And uh, I was talking to JD earlier. I was like, I kind of want to get into what. Did they ever have any disagreements? You know, because you know, here you have this grandmaster of his, of his craft in his own body, and you know, as. DPTs like we're grandmasters <laughs> of our own craft, right? Yeah. And like, there's gotta been times where there was there was some like, yeah. You know, and and I, maybe you can tell some stories about that or and you know, yeah. Um, it, it's funny, Orion. I'll, I'll leave this because I, I think about this moment a lot where I was stumped, right? So, uh, you know, here we are. He, he's coming in after an, uh, um, a knee surgery, and we get him on the ground. We say, okay, how do you are you able to get up from the ground if we need to? And I said, you know. PT school slash textbook recommendations of rolling and having support and, um, you know, getting into a tall kneeling position uh, on your non-dominant side and, you know, using assistance and hold on, it's like, whoa, 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 get, get on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> hold on. You try, you try to get up on the ground and I'm going to time you and see how long it takes you and how many muscles you use. And then he gets on the ground, goes on his stomach, and then he does the full gower sign where he just gets his butt up in the, in the sky as high as he can get, crawls his hands up, and he's up in two seconds. So 
um, that was one of those moments where we had a disagreement where, okay, let's figure it out. And ever since then, I've been, I've been teaching the Gauro sign. So. <laughs> wow. I love that. Horian, do you have any, uh, any stories to add to that of a time that you disagreed or had lessons well, you taught each other? Not disagree because I know better that uh, disagree with Jason, you know, because he knows what he's doing. The reason I go there often and looking always forward to the sessions because he knows what he's doing. If I one thing that I would complain about is that uh, I wish he would spend five minutes more every time I saw him with me, you know, yeah, <laughs> spend an additional five minutes would be great. But the guy's got magic hands, knows what he's doing and uh, nothing but compliments to his amazing work. That's wonderful. Were there any techniques or, or things that you did want more of or things that you really appreciated that maybe it was different than any type of training that you've done that, that you learned from Jason in physical therapy? Uh, well, you know, the way he, he moves the body and he adjusts the things and, and positions himself and, and stretches my shoulders, it's really fascinating because even though they seem to be very simple moves and techniques, the result is incredible. It's very, you know, relaxing and positive and strengthening. And I have all the benefits that I was hoping for after each treatment. So it was very, very positive experience for me every time. So there's no uh, an issue of me having disagreements. You say, let's do this. I say, great. What else? You know, that's what's next. You know, looking forward to that all the time. Because uh, he is, you know, his physical therapy is probably the best one I've ever had in my life. So it's, it's really good. I wanted to follow that up with... Um... You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of modalities out there that you could have chosen, right? You know, the different professions and different ways to help improve your movement. Uh, what is it, or what was it that, or had you tried others, um, and sort of why why physical therapy versus others, if if that is the case? Um, I have tried acupuncture before. It's for you know, in some cases, it works very well for me. I've had a chiropractor work on me as well. It works, you know, good. But I guess due to the type of injury and the kind of recovery that was necessary, physical therapy, I, you know, was the appropriate one to go. And I'm happy I had a chance to meet Jason because he took me to a very, uh, very strong and a very positive path. So under the circumstance, I'm sure that was the best thing for me to do at the time. Yeah. And Jason, were there things that you considered within within Horian's treatment because you knew his background that you really wanted to change up or reconsider? Like, did you alter your treatments at all because of his skill set? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, as physical therapists, we understand. And I think one of the things that we have to be strong at is understanding our strengths, understanding our weaknesses and uh, where we're able to have an influence on things. So our our relationship was more of uh you know it was definitely a partnership right so it wasn't one way he didn't come in and just follow blindly a lot of the techniques that we had to do was okay let's go ahead and get my stuff out of the way and then once we get into the movement techniques and uh re-education of how to turn muscles on and uh you know how to activate in, in a certain position he led the sessions in that in that manner right so we'd get into the positions and we'd help him understand, okay, what are you having trouble with on the mats? What are you having trouble with at home? And he'd get into each individual position and that would be a teaching moment for me of, okay, you know what, whenever you get into this position, you have to be able to have your weight over them or you have to be able to keep their hands away from a certain position. So, um, you know, not only are we activating the core in a certain plane, but we have to be thinking about what the other person on the other side is gonna do. Um, which was, you know, incredible because he set up my foundation for working with martial artists, right? So <clears throat> the other thing was, um, you know, obviously physical therapy at that time, Hordeon brought up a great point where um, at that specific time, it might have been the best where he was able to spend more time in the physical therapy room and the physical therapy clinic because that's what he needed most. But then it slowly transitions into a situation where he needs to have other providers getting thrown into the mix, including himself, where um, he, he's taking advantage of everybody's strengths as a part of his team. And then the the cool thing is we would discuss, okay, what are you doing? Who are you seeing? What are you, what, what are you doing? And where are the gaps that need to be filled? And that's where we'll have our input. That's great. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know, like within that sort of team, um, Jason, do you feel like you play a role as like the 
kind of the conductor or like the quarterback of that team or how, how, how do, how do you fit into that team or, or, you know, how does that operate? Yeah. Uh, it's, it is, uh, so, you know, in the initial phases, it was very quarterback conductor related, right? So that, that was very, okay. In addition to the surgeon. So it's almost like, I was in between the surgeon and Hodion. I was in between Hodion and his skill set, and um, I had to help him understand where his limitations were because we had to think about long-term consequences as well, right? So, mm-hmm. hey, you have some knee pain here, and and a part of this knee pain is coming from you know overwork in this field. And Hodion's knees, um, it's they're so dynamic. So his knees is you know were one of those things where he would come in one day and it would it was the size of an ostrich egg, and then the next day it would shrink down to its normal size. And I feel like that's a part of his, uh, you know, what we talked about last time, the desensitized theory where we can't over heighten something and over heighten the sensation. Um, so that's the role I felt like I had where, okay, let's go ahead and navigate through this, this whole area and let me be a, a consultant slash advisor mm-hmm. with what you're doing outside of physical therapy, as opposed to limiting you. Cause he had so many things that he had to get through and navigate through that if we, if he was only to follow my rules and it'd be different. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, Horgan, do you have any insights to how your mindset may have changed during physical therapy? Um, obviously you've had, you know, injuries in the past, but how, how did this experience impact your overall outlook on your physical well-being? Um, you know, the idea of having someone who is an expert in the healing process to help me and guide me through a, a very consistent and a very structured path is very comforting. You know, once you get to know and trust the person that you're working with, to know that you're going to go to a session, you're going to walk out of there better is, is very, a very positive thing. So I'm always looking forward to the sessions because in my mind, I knew I was going to be in good hands and there was going to be an improvement and the more I did it, the better I got it, I got at it. And, and it's just, it, like I said, it's a very positive thing. Yeah. I love that. And we have a lot of physical therapists, movement experts, people that love wellness that listen to this. Um, and I'm curious, what are some of those key components that you saw in Jason and maybe you try to, uh, embody yourself as a teacher that are the most important, would you say to building that trust? Um, <clears throat> I guess the, the uh, number one for me as a teacher or a, a doctor or as an instructor, or whatever it is, is that you have to develop the trust with the patient, right? That connection must be there. And the dedication and the caring and the going through a slow process, knowing exactly how far I can go, you know, pushing to the maximum within that so that I'm comfortable, but I know that I'm always pushing myself to the next level, which is something that people need to understand. They have to allow themselves to be, to be pushed as far as they can without re-injuring anything. So Jason's always been very careful with that. He pushes it to a limit as far as you can go and uh, just enough to make you stronger that day, but without pushing too much that you can't come back next week. So that kind of sense of professionalism, touch, that you know how to measure your, your um, how to stretch at each uh, session is really important that you have a good sense of that. And I think that's one of the things that helped me to develop trust in his work. So. Whatever he says goes, you know? <laughs> I love that. When on the reverse side to you, Jason, like when you have an ideal client, I mean, I, I would imagine uh, he's an ama- as an amazing student as he is a teacher, but what qualities would you say make for the best recovery in someone? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, a, a lot of it comes down, as you guys know, to, um, um, to being multiples or, or, or you know to being adaptive to to new scenes because you know there are definitely some people that wouldn't thrive in that environment right so people that have trust issues or people that um you know that have are very particular about certain things because there there's no doubt um that there were days where it was really crowded inside the gym and Hodion you would enter into this field or into enter into the room 
and would have to navigate around people would have to wait for things so it's not it's not the scene for everyone right so for for him being you know at, at such in the lead status where he can have somebody come to his house and train him at home and you know in the comfort of his own home and the privacy of his own home and to be adaptable to be able to work with with that 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 was an incredible right um the other thing is and and having this sense of understanding right so going throughout pt school there were moments where um you know maybe i was uh a little bit younger than a ci or as a boss as a as a um as a manager as a director i was younger than some of the therapists underneath me or an aid underneath me it just you just have to understand where that roles were and i felt like we felt very good and comfortable with that and then that went on and extended beyond me right so i had an incredible team uh, you know i had set up um i had a setup where i had incredible aids and every aid thought a bit thought of it as a uh, as a uh you know like a a paid internship kind of deal where they understand it's a stepping stone to get to their next level and they were very interested in learning and you know um and in turn Horion would spit things around and we had aides going through uh trouble um you know with relationships we had aides going through trouble because they were waiting and they didn't get into pt school or aides going through different things with parenthood and Horion would always have this spin on like there was always a teaching moment and then anytime he said something i would have to bring the aides around and say hey let's pay attention to this and you know he'd spit his wisdom and uh, you know, wish, we wish we could call it a day at that point. <laughs> yeah. <day. laughs> oh, gosh, I can only imagine like and to to be willing to sit and listen and not be so wrapped up in your own own world. Jason, are there some of those lessons that you remember that you would love to share with us? Yeah, it's funny because now I have a three and a half and a one and a half year old. Uh -huh. Right. And, you know, at the time I, I didn't have them. But um, something that stuck stuck with me tremendously was getting to the point where you're helping your kid understand what happened, right? So one of the examples was, um, you know, a kid falls and everyone's instinct is to <clears throat> heighten that, right? Well, everybody stopped, the room's paused, everyone understand what's going on and automatically that triggers the kid to, to realize that they elicited this response, whether it's embarrassment or, um, or they really got hurt or any situation, Horion's reaction to that would be, okay, Let's go ahead and figure out what the situation, look at the environment. This is what happened. He grabs her head and if they hit their head on the concrete, he grabs her head and understands, hey, let me lay your head on the concrete and help you understand what happened. So that way you are, um, you know, in control of the situation next time something happens, right? You understand that you're okay, you're going to be okay. And that that carries on into, uh, you know, our life as physical therapists now, right? So if somebody has a situation where they, are reaching up and their arm goes out and it goes dead on them and then everyone freaks out around them like oh my gosh are you okay was that did that pop hurt um you know what do we need to do like do we need to go get you to get an x-ray an mri it, it would be a very different world as opposed to okay let's see what happened let's go ahead and try to replicate that movement and let's go ahead and try to offload it and see how we can navigate through that so that was one of those situations but oh hold on do you remember any situations where you felt like you had the, the whole clinic around you and you were teaching teaching any moments? Um, I remember there was a guy, I forget his name, was one of your assistants over there, and he was talking about his son, remember, he talking about his son, that he was, I guess he got angry at the kid for some reason, and I, I think I mentioned to him that, you know, the kid never meant to kind of get him upset. There was something to that effect. I don't recall the details of that. But um, I remember that he was that he was really happy with the option of being able to handle the kid in a much more positive way, not being you know for whatever reason upset to the kid, but instead treating the kid with a little bit of more understanding and patience and love at the time. Um, right. I forget the, the yeah I I remember that so it was that yeah uh, that might have been eight eight years ago, six years ago, something like that. But uh, one of our uh, one of our therapists, his son hit somebody in the classroom and, um, you know, his instinct at home was to, you know, almost kid. scare him uh, in a sense. And yeah, yeah, it's like, okay, let me, let me you know, without getting physical, it's, it, it got to the point where it like, okay, I, I, you know, his own emotions were getting caught up with, 
the, the that whole scene. I remember him sitting down and letting him know, hey, you have to help him realize what, what the situation was like, you know, what happened. <laughs> What's up, everyone? We uh, wanted to interrupt this amazing Force Matters podcast from a word from our sponsors. Motusi is a technology company. It has engineered athletic wear with embedded sensors that are unnoticeable as you exercise. The kit is comfortable to wear and it's washable. As you move, your data is securely captured in a lightweight module and sent to your Motusi app. This is for in-lab and clinical settings. There's also an in-lab kit with strap-on sensors that provide most versatility to um, use across multiple patients. All of this technology quickly and easily assesses patients at each session to set up a baseline and track progress. For more information, head to the website at motusi.com, watch our videos, see how it works, follow us on Instagram at motusicorp and see how we're integrating the tech into our day-to-day and changing the field of physical therapy. Now, enjoy the podcast. That's amazing. So a few things that pop into my brain, Jason, as you're telling your initial story about the fear that can be developed through injury and the instinct to want to guard yourself and never go through something again, I think in human movement, especially, if I had one message to give to the world, it's after you get injured and I have my physical therapy hat on, it's after you get injured, don't avoid that part of your body entirely because then you're going to develop patterns that keep you from movement, that keep you from wellness, that keep you living in fear, but instead to gradually expose yourself to these types of experiences so that you know I'm safe, my body is healthy, it's resilient, and it recovers. And it's amazing, Horian, that you have that mindset without even having the knowledge that the physical therapists have. It's like you, you intrinsically know this through your life of movement and exposure to various things. Um, my question off of that, what other lessons do you feel like being so active, jujitsu, what, what other lessons do you feel like you've learned through the discipline and the art of movement and mastering your body? Hmm. Um, <laughs> well, I guess Jiu-Jitsu gave me a lot of confidence, the ability to be able to handle different situations. I think that's one of the most important benefits I got from having had opportunity to practice Jiu-Jitsu all my life. And with that kind of confidence, it has transcended the mat on the fighting area, per se but I have been able to use it in different situations in my life, you know, just to, just to believe that things are going to go the way I want. I've been trained for that. I prepare myself for that. So if I get in a scuffle with someone, I, you know, I'm going to be protecting myself, but I, I'm going to guide that fight or that argument or that discussion to a point that I can be, you know, that I can have a good outcome positive for me. So that has helped me, like I said, develop a lot of confidence. And with that kind of confidence, if you can start applying that in different aspects of your life, there's no limit how far you can reach, you know? I have a, a, I have a, maybe a motto or a crazy way of looking at things that for me, fun is to accomplish the impossible, okay? Something cannot be done, I just I wanna find a way to make it work. Um, many years ago, I was building the academy, you know, the place, Jiu-Jitsu school that I had here in Torres. And uh, we had, uh, as part of the process of the construction of the building, I had a roll-up door, okay? It was like a garage that you have a roll-up door. It used to be a, a car uh, storage, not a car storage, but a, a parts storage facility. So they had these big whole metal roll-up doors. And uh, my idea was to build a front you know, glass door. So I, brought, I hired someone to put stuck on the whole front of the building. And on the process of, you know, checking the guy out, you know, the academy was good. The grand opening was going to be like a week later. So the guy comes in on a Thursday. He said, Hori, what are you going to do with this roll-up door? That is just a metal, I mean, just a cement, you know, opening that before was a roll-up door, but I was going to hide it. I was hiding it out of the way. I was going to put a glass door, I told him. 
He said, if you're going to put a glass door here, you should put a beam, a wood beam, so that I can stucco against, the, you know, with the whole wall of the front of the building, I can also hide the beam with the stucco so that you have a frame now to screw in the metal door, I mean, the metal frames that are going to support the glass doors. But you need the beam. I said, great, I'll find the beam. He said, today's Thursday, set up the beam because Saturday I will be here to stucco the whole wall. I said, wonderful. So, <clears throat> um, again, this, he comes on Saturday. The following Saturday is going to be the grand opening. So he left the building. I started calling. Uh, first thing Friday morning, calling a whole bunch of places. But the kind of beam that I needed, it's a 16-foot beam. It's an industrial size beam. Home Depot didn't have it. So I had to call specialized facilities that sold a very big construction heavy beam. And everywhere I called, they said it takes three days to order one of those. I have to come from Ohio and this and that. And say, it's not going to work. I need it by tomorrow. So I'm calling, calling, calling. And uh, again, just it's not in me to give up on things. I like to accomplish things that can't be done. So after, <laughs> after the third or fourth call, I called a, 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 you know, a facility. And the guy said, listen, we happen to have one here. Somebody ordered a couple of months ago, but never picked it up. I said, I'm on my way. So I asked a friend of mine, who had a big truck. The guy goes in there and picks up the beam. Now those beams, <clears throat> think about a cement. The door is a cement wall like this. The roll-up door was there. I need to put a beam across the top. Now the beams come with what's like a shoe, you know, a metal shoe that you have to screw it on the wall so that the beam can sit on top of that. That's what holds it in place. When I bought the beam, it came with two shoes like that. Size already, 16 by four. Really big, just like this, heavy duty stuff. So when I received the stuff, the shoes, supporting shoes, and the beam, it was about, it was Friday, one o'clock in the afternoon. I called my body who's gonna help me install the thing. He came over and said, Holly, we have a problem. Because of the cement wall is like this, right? When you put the, the shoes in, if you put the both shoes in, there's no room for the beam to come over the top. So you need one shoe like that to screw it on the wall. And the other one, you need one that is reversed so that you can slide it from underneath and screw it on the outside. Do you understand? Yeah. The ones I had wouldn't work, but they are the same. I need the one like this and one that was a reverse so I can screw it from the outside. So, no, you know, I, again, having a hard time finding the stuff. And once you find it, we have this, the shoes that came along with that. I said, let's go to Home Depot. So we go to Home Depot and I asked the lady on the cashier, I said, look, where can I find something like this? You know, this, this kind of shoe to support mm -hmm. the beam. She said, we don't sell this kind of stuff here. We only have the home, the little ones. This is an industrial size. We don't have it. I said, well, where do you have, where is the section that carries this kind of stuff? Oh, section eight, whatever. So I go to section eight and I start looking around all over the place. And lo and behold, I find one shoe, which is exactly, no. which is exactly what I wanted. No you know, it's a 16, 16 inches, a really big one. Yeah. And I look around and I find one. Exactly perfect for what I want. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so I come back to the front door for, for, the, for the cashier again. I come back to her and say, listen, I found one. She said, well, we don't sell this stuff here. I said, well, we'll find one. She gets the barcode reader, runs on it. It doesn't read. It's not from that store. No. She said, somebody must have left it in there. What? I can't even charge you for it. You can take it. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I walked away. It's a miracle. Do you understand? It's a miracle. <laughs> and what yes. I'm yeah, and there's no doubt. This one is just one of millions. So what I'm telling you is this. You know, this kind of stuff that happens in my life is as a result of the jiu-jitsu that I got and the upbringing I had for whatever, you know, a million different things. I'm 71 years old. I have quite a few stories. But the bottom <laughs> line is that I've learned to trust this kind of instinct. It's not me. It's, you know, it was just a fascinating story. So I eventually I installed the whole thing. The next day the guy came, stuck with the whole thing, it was perfect, everything oh, worked great. So the one leftover shoe that I had, because now I had a leftover one, right, that I didn't use, I built a little frame and I hung it up on the academy, summarizing <laughs> the story and saying, somebody must be practicing jiu-jitsu in heaven. Because yes. to find that stuff under those circumstances is nothing short for a miracle. So wow. bottom line is that I've learned to trust that this kind of, 
a mental willingness or desire or, or strength or blessing, whatever you want to call it, works. And uh, my son told me one time, a younger son that I have, he said, Dad, if life pushes you off the cliff, either God's going to catch you on your way down or give you wings and teach you how to fly. Mm. So I'm at a stage of my life right now that when I see a cliff, I run and jump. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to see what's going to happen. You know? so I trust that kind of thing. I love that story. That That's beautiful because I have, I have so many questions. I think your philosophies of health and wellness, like the, the things that you hold true to yourself are just so inspiring. Um, one of my, my questions is this focus you have and this intermission that you seem to be living by in everything that you do especially when you find yourself up against insurmountable odds. So your story about coming to America for a month and then having all of your stuff stolen, the airline said, you know, we can't give you a new ticket because this is in the 70s. They say we can't give you a new ticket because we have to wait until somebody in the next six months uses it or um, just to make sure. And so you're stuck in the U.S. for at least six months you don't tell your family. You're like, hey, I'm just going to extend my stay. Meanwhile, you're you're on the streets. You're trying to find ways to make money. And you end up being in America for a year and you make it work. You teach jujitsu classes. Basically, all the hard stuff that you go through, it's like you have this unwavering perseverance. How, and this may, this may be a hard question to answer. It might just be intrinsic in you, but... I think it might help some people find their focus or their inner mission. Like, how have you harnessed that? How do you practice cultivating that mission and having such a deep focus when, especially the world, can be so distracting with so many things you could do? Yeah, um, it was an interesting uh, situation for me to find myself. Literally, no money, didn't speak English, didn't know anybody, no ticket to Brazil, you know, uh, where one could see themselves you know, stuck in a hole or you fell into a hole in life. I saw that I had been planted mm. on that situation. It's a little different than just falling into a hole. One yeah. thing is you trip and fall in a hole. The other one is you specifically planted on that. Because if you think of the repercussion that that stolen ticket and my money at the time had in the world is fascinating when you think back in hindsight, you know, yeah. because the fact that I stayed here and I find myself literally panhandling for a few days, you know, asking for a spare change so I could eat, sleep to a newspaper on the sidewalk, that kind of thing. Uh, I just, I, I like the idea of not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow. I was on a, on a lecture one time, and the guy, the speaker was saying that uh, uh, the quality of your life is directly related to the level of uncertainty you can comfortably live with. Okay, the quality of your life is directly related to the level of uncertainty you can comfortably live with. So I've learned very early on that, you know, having not knowing what's going to happen half an hour from now in my life, it's for me, it's actually exciting. Some people say, oh my gosh, you got to plan this. What are you going to do? What if, what if, what if? I don't, I don't worry about the what ifs. I trust that it's going to be okay. I just push my luck all the time. And I've got done through so many times this kind of situation that instead of letting myself be worried about what if this happened, what if that happened, what if you can't do this, what if you can't do that, I don't let myself get distracted by that. Quite the opposite. I say, no, it's going to work. Let's just make it happen. Go, 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 you know, that kind of thing. And um, yesterday, yeah, yesterday I went to with my son to the Brazilian consulate to get a new passport for him. Okay, I've called last week and they said you have to schedule an appointment. And then I called back four or five times, Brazilians, you know, but they never called me back <laughs> to schedule an appointment. It's just like, ah, oh, you know what I'm saying? And I had a whole bunch of documents already, everything organized. My wife tried to go to the internet to make the whole thing, you know, according to what they recommend to the internet and stuff like that. But she couldn't get it done. So I got a whole bunch of documents, the papers I put on my arm and said to my son, let's go. Let's just go to the consulate. And I get to the consulate, they have an extremely heavy-duty security system where the, in the set for the building, not just for the Brazilian consulate, for the building in general. And I get there, and the guy said, do you have an appointment? I said, uh, yes, I have an appointment, which I did. Uh, 
My son's looking at me like, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> let me see. Yeah, really. You have an appointment? I said, yes, I have an appointment. I knew the lady that I spoke with on the phone. I knew her name, which I spoke to, you know, you know, a week, 10 days before that. And she said, look, if you have a hard time, come here. We'll try to help you work and this and that. But technically, you should have an appointment to go up into the building for security reasons. So I get to the door. Do you have an appointment? I said, yes. Like I said, what's your name? Let me see if it's on the list. I knew my name was not going to be on the list. Of course not. <laughs> I didn't have an appointment. So I look and say, listen, my appointment is with Mrs. So-and-so. It's not on the list. It's a separate deal with her. He goes, hmm, so your name is on the list? No, don't even look for the list because it's not there. Because if, if they look, my name is on the list, I'm going to have a problem. So I said, call her up. I gave her the name, who he knew because she was there every day working the place. So he picks up the, inter the internal phone call. He calls her up. She listen, uh, Gracie is here. I said, no, Gracie, Horion Gracie. So she, I spoke over him. So she knows exactly who the person is. Because she's Brazilian, she knows me. I've been there many times before, friend of mine. So he said, and he said, uh, are you expecting him? And I said, yeah, let me talk to him for a sec. So he gave me the phone and said, please <laughs> tell this guy here that you and I have to take care of my pets. So she said, okay. So if you tell the guy, let him come up. So I go up and half an hour later, I walked out of there with a passport in my hand. <laughs> oh my he, God. This is the deal. I mean, if you, it just works. I think it just works. You know, from 4th of July, everybody parks their cars a mile away and they start walking towards the beach, right? 4th of July. I'm going to drive to the very first row and there's always, invariably, an empty spot for me. I love you know, it. I, I'm telling you, this is what it is. Just put your head in mind to that and just make it happen. Wow. That's incredible. Um, and Jason, I want to I want to ask you if there were any big things you picked up in your time together. Uh, Horian, you've always got so many fun, incredible stories. Um, and then you guys working together had your own basically story that you built. So were there big takeaways? Um, maybe it's encouragement for other physical therapists or other people who have gone through injuries um, or things that you've seen that are really valuable for people to know through your relationship together. Yeah, um, you know, I think that you guys get a good sense of Horion and, and how hard he works at everything, right? And understand yeah. that a lot of these things and these stories that he's telling are success stories, right? So a lot of people understand what goes on and, you know, how, how it works. But you have to understand that, you know, these stories that he just told, think about how long it takes to to call all these places to see if they have that plank of wood and you know to help him understand okay i'll be right there you know to help him understand you know that if there's an opportunity given i need to be there i need to help everyone understand that i am going to be the first in line for that because i'm working really hard so it's almost as if he is showing whoever he needs to get in contact with how hard he's working to help them realize that, oh, okay, this guy really wants it. And I, I, I feel like that is a message that mm. is portrayed in every story that he tells, um, you know, beyond, you know, beyond what, beyond what he's telling and, and how he's getting, and I would love for you guys to see the story that he had and he, the, more of the details that he had sleeping on the newspaper and um, where he stayed and how he was able to, you know, to, to make rent and the relationships he developed without speaking English and, um, you know, it, it's, it seems like he makes it seem so nonchalant, like everybody can do it. And again, that's a part of his personality, it's part of how he was raised. Um, so I think that alone is, is what he's instilled in everyone around us. And any time he came into the clinic, we understood that we needed to be attentive, we needed to be um, in control of situations, and he's going to follow up on, and, uh, on everything that we've talked about as far as, hey, were you able to look this up? And um, whereas some people would sit back and wait for us to approach them uh, with a, a certain topic that we we said we we're going to look up. And, you know, that alone has, has helped me follow up on everything, right? If, if I tell a client I'm going to look into a, nutrition, a nutritionist in the area, I'm going to make sure that I text them back with a list of recommendations. And, you know, that, that goes on and means so much to them because they see how hard I'm trying to make it happen, right? So I think that was the biggest thing. And that goes you know, into every field. We can apply that to law, we can apply that to the medical field and construction, obviously with uh, with Orion's, uh, Orion's uh, stucco's, stucco's talk and, and stories. So, uh, you know, that, that was a big thing. So That's every beautiful. story yeah. yeah. It feels like a, a story of ownership and of 
understanding, and this is one quote that I heard um, that you said, even yourself, Horian, is that, you know, life doesn't happen to you. It happens through you. And if you allow things essentially to make you feel like you're a victim in your own life, uh, that's how you're going to experience it. And if you take these hard things as a, a lesson to grow and to to learn, I think that is one of the teachings that I get from a lot of your content that I find the world needs today. I think it's the not, world needs that. It's not life doesn't happen through you. It happens for you. For you, yes. Yes, yes. sorry. The things that happen in life, no matter how bad it might seem, is for your benefit. Yeah. So see it as a lesson. This way you can't go wrong. Yeah. You know? And uh, yeah, it's just fascinating how the things, when you start thinking that way, looking at everything that way, mm-hmm. it's like it's, it's endless possibilities. You can yeah. get anything you want. And if you think you didn't, you got something else, an experience or a lesson from that point that is still a winning situation if you look at it positively. You know? This has been such a gift and such a blessing. Um, I think this is going to find its way to the people that need to hear it most. And uh, whether they're physical therapists, patients, movers, um, really active people. And Horian, I want to give you a chance to talk about, is there anything that you're working on currently? Is there anything that you'd like to share with our listeners or with the world that um, that you're working on that you want to direct people towards? Yes. So here's the deal. Um, I've been doing and teaching Jiu-Jitsu for most of my life. And uh, after creating the UFC, like we talked about a little bit earlier, it became, a, I, I see Jiu-Jitsu as a platform where I can now stand on and talk about something that for me is at least as important as Jiu-Jitsu itself, which is health and wellness. It's what I do. I travel the world lecturing on health and wellness and stuff like that. And uh, promoting the Gracie Diet book, you know, that where is that, right? In there somewhere. Anyway, um, I'm focused right now. I, I don't know if you're familiar with There's a disease called irritable bowel syndrome, yes. IBS. Okay. And IBS, there's no treatment for it. I mean, there's no cure. My understanding is I've done a lot of research. There's no cure. There's treatments that can make it better, but there's no cure for IBS. They will give you antibiotics. They will give you antidepressants, you know, from the premises that, you know, um, stress is a catalyst for that and so on. However, here's what I'm at. I am 100% sure that if you do the Gracie diet, it will improve, if, if not completely eliminate your IBS. Mm. I'm not a doctor. My uncle Carlos, who spent 65 years studying food combining, was not a doctor. But he had 21 kids. And between his 21 kids and my dad's nine kids, he had a, a, a live laboratory at home <laughs> to, which, to which he used as guinea pigs, you know, for the Gracie diet experiments. Not only that, but he also helped treat a lot of students that we had from all different kinds of gastrointestinal issues. And uh, when I, you know, was been doing more and more research, and I find that IBS has no cure, I'm really focused on helping people with that. So um, my my claim is get the Gracie Diet book, follow the Gracie Diet book. You can get it on Amazon. Follow it if you do it 100% for 30 days, and if you don't feel that you have uh, improved tremendously from your IBS issues, I'll buy the book back from you. I love that. You've touched on one of my hot topics, which if we had another hour to discuss health and wellness and nutrition, I think it's one of the most beneficial things you can do in conjunction with good movement is nourish your body. Your gut is the only thing that's really exposed to the environment that we actively put poison into and treat uh, treat poorly and it does impact how you feel. It does impact how you move and process. Mm. So I was looking at some of your smoothies and some of your recipes. So I'll give some reviews to that as well. But um, pick up the Gracie Diet. It's uh, on Amazon. And then uh, Rorian is on Instagram, TikTok. Uh, you can find his website, HorianGracie.com. Is that correct? Mm. Yes. And uh, just give him a follow. He's, if anything inspirational but he's also sure. super knowledgeable so this has been such a gift and jason you as well do you have handles or anything that you want to throw out there to everybody they should all have them from your last podcast but 
If there's anything else you'd like to share, please do. Yeah, no, I mean, this is, you know, the whole goal is to spotlight Orion and thank you Orion for, for hopping on there. Um, and, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the, the, the Gracie diet, I mean, please, please get that. Uh, it, it helps out tremendous and, and, you know, uh, it's, it's very important in just the way he approaches life. It gives you the background and his history and how he grew up and, you know, some of the reasons why he entered into this and, um, beyond nutrition and, and this it helps you address a lot of the disciplinary um, portions of your life right it just helps you become disciplined and helps you understand why it's important to drink you know something as simple as drinking uh, a glass of water when you first wake up right so very good uh and then the other thing to go along with that jd you'd be interested in, there's a a little bit i don't know if Hodion shared it with me or if it was uh on his instagram or wh wherever it was but there was a situation where he went into a physician and they read um, you know, what his, um, you know, what his physical body age was. And I, I think, did see this. Yeah, exactly. And, and ended up, yeah, <laughs> 45. So 45. And so that's, that's Odeon's age from this point forward. <laughs> <laughs> and your even your story about your father and, you know, he's 94 years old and showing you new grappling moves that's out right. at his house. And, you said, you know, that was just six months before his passing. I mean, yes. we aspire to live long and, you know, die quickly. Like that's really the goal is live yes. a long, good quality life and uh, feeding it with good things, moving, having purpose. Mm -hmm. There's so many things that um, you are a just an inspiration for. So, we, yeah, we really appreciate you being able to share some of your story. Thank you very much for the opportunity, all of you. And uh, Jason, great seeing you again, my friend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just get together next time whenever you want. Yes, I love that. And if we're in Southern California and we can take you guys out for a, a Gracie smoothie or have like a, a <laughs> really good that. meal together, that would be Great. a dream. Done so yes. thank you guys so much. And until next time. All right. Keep moving. Yeah. <laughs> You've been listening to the Force Matters podcast. We appreciate you tuning in and really want to hear from you. Visit us at our website at motusi.com. Our new Instagram handle is at Force Matters Podcast. DM us there, participate in our Force Matters mailbag segments, and just keep following along. Until our next one, keep moving. Keep moving.